Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. What's up, you guys? I'm Haley, and this is Inhuman, a true crime podcast. Okay, so before we get into today's case, I just wanted to remind you guys to leave us a rating and or review wherever you listen if you can. Our goal is to get to a thousand reviews or ratings on both Spotify and Apple by our one-year podcast anniversary, which is in a month. So if you haven't left us a rating and review, please, please do so. It would mean the world to us. We love all of our listeners so much and appreciate your guys' support more than we could tell you. But I just wanted to remind you guys of that. And also, don't forget to share our podcast with your friends, your family, other people who love true crime. That's a big way that podcasts can grow just by word of mouth. So if you guys love the podcast, we would love for you to share with others. And yeah, it just means the world to us. And we love doing this and want to be able to continue doing this. So just wanted to say that. Also, I apologize if you can hear my puppy. Raising a puppy is no joke, you guys. I have been so swamped and exhausted getting this puppy potty trained and everything so he's in the room with me there's nothing I can do about it hopefully he won't be too loud but I do apologize if you hear him okay so today's case is a murder case that is coming up on its six-year anniversary and it is still unsolved I'm guessing that a lot of you guys may have heard about this case because it has been circulating around and there's actually footage of the assumed killer, but to this day, it remains unsolved. So let's get into it. Terry Beavers, who went by Missy, was a 45-year-old mother of three from Red Oak, Texas, when she was brutally murdered in April 2016. Missy was born in Grayon, Texas, and from a young age, she was described as being friendly, selfless, and extremely charismatic. In 1995, she graduated from Tarleton State University with a degree in science, and then in 98, she married Brandon Beavers. Shortly after, she went back to school to get a degree in special education, and she said that she wanted to give back to those who needed it. Missy and Brandon had three daughters that were born in 2001, 2003, and 2007, and after her daughters were born, she decided to stay home and raise them. She started to develop a passion for fitness in her adult life, and she even began teaching her own classes with Camp Gladiator. Missy, as an adult, was described as being an active member of the community that was extremely friendly and that she had no known enemies. She was living in Red Oak, Texas, which is just south of Dallas, and she was always hosting these fitness classes at the nearby church, and the community really loved her. So April 18th, 2016 was a completely normal morning for Missy. She headed to the Creekside Church of Christ in Midlothian, Texas to prepare for her early morning fitness class. 
She arrived just after 4 a.m. and began prepping the room for what was going to be an intensive session of Gladiator Boot Camp. But when her students arrived for class at around 5 a.m., they found Missy laying on the ground completely unresponsive. She had a bad head, head injury and several puncture wounds to her chest. They immediately called 911, but unfortunately, Missy was pronounced dead shortly after the paramedics arrived. The investigation into Missy's murder began immediately. They knew right away that it was a murder, and they started investigating. When they were searching the church, officers found glass from several broken windows scattered on the floor, and this kind of guided them on a trail through the church that they believed the suspect took and walked. They also found marks on the back door, and this led police to believe that that was how the assailant entered the church. They started to think that this was possibly a robbery gone wrong. However, when they were searching around the church, they realized that nothing from the church was missing, and nothing from Missy was missing either. She was even still wearing her wedding ring. So because of this, they kind of had to rule out the theory that it was a robbery. And that's when police realized that the assailant had been caught on the church's security cameras. I'll post some screen grabs and maybe even some of the video footage on our Instagram and Facebook, so I would recommend you go check it out for yourself so you can kind of see what it looked like, but I'll also describe it here. So the footage shows a person in full riot gear walking around the church, and this is like a full head-to-toe gear outfit. The person was wearing a helmet, gloves, shin guards, and a vest that had the word police printed on it. In the footage, you can see the person walking through the church, opening and closing doors to various rooms, and even breaking open a door at one point with a hammer that they were carrying. But because of the riot gear that they were wearing, nothing about the assailant could really be discovered. It was determined that they were somewhere between 5'2 and 5'8 in height, but their gender wasn't able to be identified and is unknown to this day. The most distinctive thing about the person was that they walked with a limp, with their feet pointing predominantly outward. But other than that, police couldn't really determine anything about them. Despite having this actual footage of the person who likely murdered Missy, the police had no real leads, so they decided to release this footage to the public in hopes that somebody would recognize the person in the video. At first, the police and the public were hopeful that this person would be quickly caught, but despite hundreds of tips that came in, no solid leads were developed. Investigators next subpoenaed Missy's phone, and when they did so, they found strange and somewhat creepy messages from a man that Missy had actually apparently shown to a friend of hers the day before she was murdered. They haven't released who these messages were from, but this led a lot of people to believe that possibly this person could have been the murderer. On Missy's phone, they also found flirtatious and intimate messages on LinkedIn, but again, none of these names were released. This did lead police, though, to say that they believed that Missy had possibly been in contact with whoever killed her. Investigators also found that Missy had actually posted about her morning boot camp the night before. There was rain on the forecast for the morning of April 18th, and so she had posted, come rain or shine, the class will be held, and so this kind of showed where she was going to be exactly, and so this led police to believe that the killer could have known where she was and followed her and met her there purposefully. Brandon Beavers, Missy's husband, was, of course, questioned by investigators. 
He told police that his marriage to Missy was happy, but investigators were able to determine that the couple had actually had a lot of financial issues recently. They also found out that there had been infidelity between the two. So, of course, he seemed a little more suspicious. But regardless of their suspicions, Brandon had an alibi that police were able to verify. Brandon also told investigators that he couldn't think of anyone who would want to harm Missy, although he did say that he believed she was targeted by someone she knew. This was actually complemented by the fact that Missy's licensed gun was left in her car in the church's parking lot. It hadn't been stolen, and it was still in there. So this led investigators to think that Missy didn't have any real reason to believe anyone was trying to harm her. And even if someone was there with her that morning or she saw someone in the parking lot that freaked her out, she likely either knew that person or didn't think anything bad about it and wasn't afraid and left her gun in the car. On April 22nd, 2018, four days after Missy's murder, Brandon Beaver's father, Randy, went to a local dry cleaner with a woman's double XL white long sleeve shirt that was stained with blood. He told the employee at the dry cleaner that the blood was from breaking up a dog fight. But thankfully, the employee at the dry cleaner had been hearing about Missy's story on the news, so they decided to call the police. Investigators were able to get a warrant to collect the shirt and analyze the blood, noting right away that it looked like someone had tried to clean the blood off the shirt before it was brought into the dry cleaner. And then around this time when this information about Randy Beavers was being reported on the news, there was footage released of him walking into a police station, and many people noted his very distinctive walk. I'll post a clip of that on our Instagram and Facebook as well for you guys to see, so you can kind of compare it yourself to the person in the security footage. But a lot of people believed after seeing this that he could have been the man in the security footage. But unfortunately, results from the shirt later came in confirming that the blood was canine. And then Brandon's sister, Christy, corroborated the dogfight story. Randy's veterinarian also confirmed that Randy had brought in an injured dog. So eventually, police were able to pretty much rule him out. And then they determined that he was in California at the time of the murders. So his alibi cleared him as a suspect. Many people remain suspicious of him to this day, but police say that he is not a suspect. A few weeks after Missy's murder, security footage from that morning from a nearby sporting goods store was released. This footage showed a Nissan Altima driving around the parking lot just a few hours before the murder. But the owner of the car never came forward, was never found, and we have no clue if that car is connected and if it is, who was driving it. There was actually another car that was reported being seen on surveillance leaving the church's parking lot around 4.30 the morning of Missy's murder, but police have never shared what that car was, what was seen in the footage other than a car leaving the church's parking lot. But to me, that sounds so weird and so suspicious. Like, a car was seen leaving the church's parking lot after Missy arrived at the church the morning she was murdered, and you're not releasing that, it just seems so weird to me. But despite all of this stuff that was seen on security footage, Missy's case went cold. 
Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. About a year and a half after Missy's murder, a new lead developed. There had been several tips that had come in that pointed to a man named Bobby Wayne Henry. Henry was a former police officer at the Lancaster Police Department who had actually been suspended in 1996 because of aggravated sexual assault. When he was on the police force, he was a tactical officer, which means he had riot gear, and he admitted that he still owned this riot gear, but he claimed that it didn't fit him anymore. It was reported that his car was also similar to the vehicle that was seen leaving the church's parking lot at 4.30 that morning. That again, we don't know what that car was, but it was reported that his car was similar to it. And finally, many people became suspicious of him because he actually walked with a limp. When he was questioned, he claimed that he didn't know Missy and that he was innocent, but he was taken to jail. The police had a forensic pathologist compare Henry's walk to the walk of the suspect on the security footage. The findings came back inconclusive, but, you know, that doesn't mean that it wasn't him. It just also means that it wasn't for sure him. However, they kind of started to rule him out because he was actually 6'1", which was too tall for him to be the person in the footage, according to all of the experts that analyzed the footage. But despite this, police continued to investigate Bobby Wayne Henry. They actually eventually got warrants to search his home and his belongings. And then during one of these searches, police found that he had multiple devices containing child pornography. Eventually, Henry was arrested for that and spent 70 days in jail. In an interview that he did while in jail with a news station, he denied knowing Missy or anything about her murder. As police continued to investigate him, they eventually were able to confirm his alibi for the morning of Missy's murder, ruling him out. He was released from jail, and there were no charges filed against him for Missy's murder or for the child pornography possession. Like, okay, even if he didn't murder Missy, he should still be charged for that. I do not understand how he was not charged, but it's ridiculous. According to police, Bobby Wayne Henry is no longer a suspect or even a person of interest in Missy's murder. After this, there was another suspect that came up, a woman named April Sandoval. She had attended some of Missy's Camp Gladiator classes, and she was in the height range of the suspect seen in the security footage. On top of that, she apparently had a broken foot at the time of Missy's murder, which could have caused the limp. April had also been arrested previously for passing a bad check, so she had a quote-unquote record, so some people thought this could mean that she could be the killer. It was also alleged that April had rented a car similar to the one seen on the security footage, so all of this put together led her to be brought in, 
but when police interviewed her, they were unable to connect her to Missy's murder at all, so she was let go, and I don't believe she is really considered a suspect by anyone anymore. Despite the 3,000 tips that have come in about Missy's case, a few other strong-looking suspects here and there, and the help from the FBI, Missy's case has gone cold. It has been almost six years since Missy's murder. Next week will be the six-year anniversary, and she still does not have justice. Her family and the Midlothian Police Department are still determined to find answers, though, and it does sound as if the police do have a suspect right now, but they have not shared any information about who that person is. Two women, Renee Rodden and Crystal Lawson, have actually started a podcast to share Missy's story and bring justice to her. Their podcast, which is called True Crime Broads, is focused on finding the person who did this to Missy and bringing them to justice. Renee Rodden actually met Missy in 2013 and worked with her for a little over a year at Vault Denim. Renee then met Crystal Lawson in a group that was discussing Missy's murder, and they started talking, and they kind of got to know each other more and decided to start this podcast. Lawson hadn't actually known Missy, but she had mutual friends of Missy, and she had become extremely invested in her case. So the two started this podcast, and on it, they've had conversations with law enforcement officials and some of Missy's Camp Gladiator students, along with her sister-in-law. They were also able to get a billboard put up in the area, and they believe that this did help get more tips to the Midlothian Police Department. And they have said that their main goal is to dispel all of the rumors that surround this case and to find the real killer. So there are a lot of rumors and speculation about this case, and a lot of people talk about how police kind of went down the wrong path, focusing on Randy Beavers, Missy's father-in-law, and on Bobby Wayne Henry, who ended up being able to be ruled out. So their podcast is aimed at getting, you know, clearing up these rumors and finding the real killer. I'll link their podcast in the show notes so you can go listen and get more information from there. It's really interesting because they talk with a lot of people involved in the case and they give a lot of really good perspective. Rodden and Lawson believe that the suspect the police are currently looking into, who we don't know who that person is, but it's someone, they believe that police are looking into the right person and this person could be the true perpetrator but they're not confident, like many others, if police will have enough evidence to charge this person. The biggest theories about what happened to Missy are that it was either a random church burglary gone wrong, that it was possibly the sender of that stalkerish, creepy message that Missy had received, or that it was somebody hired by somebody Missy actually knew to kill her. Of course, there are issues with each of these theories, though. The robbery theory, they couldn't find anything stolen from the church or from Missy, so if it was a burglary gone wrong, why was nothing stolen? Doesn't make sense. If it was somebody hired by someone that Missy knew, what would their motive have been? We don't know. Of course, there were infidelity issues in Brandon and Missy's marriage, so some people speculate that it Brandon could have hired somebody, but... It just doesn't seem feasible, and it doesn't seem like that's actually what happened. Personally, I think the best theory is 
that somebody that Missy had been talking to or potentially stalked by killed her. They would have found out where she was going to be that morning and probably would have known that she was going to be at the church alone setting up for the class. So they possibly took advantage of that, that information, and showed up there and murdered her. But police have not released any of the names of those people, so we don't know if that means they're not releasing it because they believe that could be the killer and they're waiting till they have evidence, or if they're not releasing it because they have some sort of evidence that that person is not the killer. We just do not know. There is currently a $10,000 reward for any information that could lead to the capture of Missy's killer. Anyone with any information can contact the Midlothian Police Criminal Investigation Division at 972-775-7634 or can contact Ellis County Crime Stoppers at 972-937-7297. And I will have those linked in our show notes below. And honestly, guys, any information can still help the police. This is still unsolved. It's only been six years we have seen many cases that are have been cold for way longer than six years be solved, so any, any, any information can help the police. So please take a few seconds to go look at the image and video of the suspect that I'll post on our Instagram and Facebook and share it if you can, especially if you are from the area, because you never know what you may recognize or what somebody that you know may recognize. By taking a few seconds to share it, somebody might see it that recognizes something and might be able to call in a tip. I'd also love to hear your guys' theories on this case, so be sure to let me know on Instagram or Facebook. I always love hearing what you guys think about cases, especially unsolved ones. I know that there's just not a ton of information out there about this case, but that's just what it is. Police have released a significant amount by releasing all that security footage, but there's also stuff that they have kept close to the vest because they have to do that in investigations, and we just do not know. But like I mentioned, Missy's family and the police are still determined to find her killer and bring them to justice. So they are not giving up, and we shouldn't either. That's why I wanted to share this story today and encourage you guys to share any images, whatever, on your social media. I just can't say enough because you may think, oh, my social media is not big enough or nobody that I know is going to see something, but you just never know. Somebody you know may know somebody in the area and share it with them and then that could lead to something. Like seriously, you just never know and Oh, okay. I'll stop on this tangent, but I just think it's so important to continue to share information about cold cases, especially ones that are more recent because people may remember something. But that is the unsolved case of Missy Beavers. May she rest in peace and let's all remember her on the six-year anniversary and all the time and keep her family in your thoughts and prayers. That's all I have for you guys for today's episode. I know that it's shorter. I promise we have some really exciting things coming up on the podcast. But as you guys know, Andrea just had two twin girls and is now taking care of them. And I now have a new puppy. So on top of everything else and normal life, we've been extremely busy. So we are trying our best to get longer episodes out there for you guys. And we have some really exciting things coming up. So stay tuned. Thank you, as always, for listening, for your support, and until next time, keep it human. Bye.